Welcome to The Forgetting Curve, a compilation of childhood memories. In this episode, we're going to be exploring friendship. Childhood friends have a unique bond. When we're young, we don't yet know who we're going to grow up to be. But when we do find someone that we can call our friend, growing up and learning alongside that person makes the experience all the more rewarding. Our first story is from a young girl who found that pretending to be someone you're not can put you in danger of losing that friendship. Very early on in primary school, I'm pretty sure it was around prep, I used to have this technique for making friends. Um, I guess in, in kindergarten, you know how you... Occasionally someone would bring like a, a toy to kindergarten and be like, look at my toy, now we're friends because we're going to interact with this toy together. But for some reason, when I got to primary school, I kind of, I wanted to be, and I remember thinking in my head, I really want to be interesting. Um, and I want, I want to have these relationships with people where, where I'm, I'm interesting and we're like interested in each other. I don't know, in my mind, growing up with, my mum was quite a, a world traveller throughout her youth and I'd always grown up with these stories of her going on these amazing adventures and doing all these amazing things. So maybe I was thinking, oh, I don't have any amazing adventures to tell someone. So what I decided when I was in prep was that in order to make friends with, with people, and I think this only happened like two or three times, but still, I would pretend that English wasn't my first language and that that I either spoke French or Indonesian. But the thing is, because I didn't know Indonesian was a language, but I just knew that people went to Bali, I called it Balish, like, because that's a language that people speak in Bali. So there are, there are two main kind of things that I remember to do with this. The first one being myself and a friend. What can I call it? I'll call her Lisa. Myself and Lisa were playing at playtime, recess, whatever, during school. And I said, I remember saying something to her like, you know, I can speak French. Um, and she would say, oh, teach me something in French. And then, um, I can't remember it exactly, but I would have said something like, well, what do you want to say in French? Like, give me a sentence and I'll translate it for you. Obviously didn't know the word for translate then, but she said something like, I want to say, I miss my mum in French and what I did was obviously I couldn't speak French so I translated it to like or something like that and in my head that was French for I miss my mum and so Lisa was running around the playground going in, in this fake French language and a teacher came up and was like what are you yelling what, what are you yelling about and Lisa says to the teacher, oh, Anna's teaching me French, and this means I miss my mum. And then the teacher goes, no, it doesn't. That's not French. And I was like, yes, it is. It's French. I, I know how to speak French. And she's like, that's not French. French in, in order to say that, it would be like to me manque le mama, or proper French. And so this, this girl, Lisa, turned to me and was like, can you not speak French? And I had to have that moment where it was like, do I continue this lie, which essentially it was a big fat lie, um, or do I admit that I was wrong? And what I said to her was, oh, well, maybe we just speak a different type of French. 
But then I think after a while, I really did say to her, well, listen, Lisa, I actually really, I can't speak French and and I'm, I'm sorry that I lied to you, but I can speak Balish. And then she's like, what's Balish? And, and I'm like, oh, they speak it in Bali. It's that's I can also speak that I have no idea why this girl believed me because I wouldn't have believed me um but then again I was caught out by a teacher because in library class someone had brought some pictures from Indonesia that were like um like those traditional Indonesian dances that people do with like the really beautiful headdresses and everything and they they kept using the word the librarian kept using this word Balinese Balinese and in my head, I was like, oh, my God, I really hope Lisa doesn't pick up on this and, and know that Balish is completely fake. But she did pick up on it. And she said, well, what's Balinese then? And I had to admit to her, it's all a lie. I can't speak French or Balish or Balinese or Indonesian. And I'm, I'm really sorry that I lied to you. She seemed to take it quite well. And we were friends until we were about 16-ish. And then we kind of lost contact. So even though I did lie horribly about wanting to be more interesting and and have this kind of, I wouldn't say adult relationship, but like a, an intellectual relationship with a, a young person, it kind of all turned out okay in the end. But um, it's a little bit embarrassing because I don't like to think of myself as a liar as a kid, but that's essentially what I was doing. It can be hard to truthfully represent yourself as a child. When you want to impress a friend, there's often a temptation to exaggerate who you are. Endearing yourself to friends can sometimes lead you down the wrong path. Our next story is from a young boy and his friends who grew up too fast. Well, first of all, I went to a primary school in outer suburban Melbourne, I guess, called Edithel Primary and I went there till about grade two, at which point I transferred to a more inner Melbourne private school called St. Leonard's. And the kind of culture contrast is quite, uh, is quite noticeable. But I mean, I was a kid at Edithfell, young enough that I didn't even really care and I didn't notice. I started to notice a little bit when I started growing up a little bit through the primary years of St. Leonard's. And I remember... Some of the people that I ended up knowing the longest, because I left St. Leonard's by about the end of grade seven, were, I guess, some of the less affluent ones as it as sort of time went on. My family is sort of decidedly middle class, you know, we're not really one way or the other. But I had a few friends when I was at St. Leonard's, for the sake of identity masking, I'll just use initials, all say D and S and my personality type has never really been supremely outgoing or kind of all-inclusive or anything like that. I've always sort of made friends in a niche. And guys like these were sort of my people. They were a bit on the fringe or outside or whatever. And when you're children, that just means you really like cartoons and you don't like sport, you know? It's not supremely click-generating or sort of socioeconomic as you understand it anyway or like based on what you want to be as a, a professional adult or anything like that. So for children, yeah, these, like, these pockets, these groups exist in a really kind of primitive form. But as you start to grow up, you, I suppose at some point, particularly now in retrospect, I realize 
why we were friends, but then also what that meant for what kind of people we are. So D, S, and I were of a certain outer fringe outcasty group, and I liked going over to their houses and playing with the what you call it, like the Meccano sets, the like building sets and stuff. One of my uh, with uh, D at one point got a uh, one of those sets where you could combine robotic stuff with Lego, which was really cool. You know, we would rent wrestling games for the N64 and play those. D had Foxtel in his house and. If you turned it to the adult channel, you couldn't see anything, but you could hear it, which was exciting for like 10-year-olds. And, you know, I probably learned swear words from them. Like, you know, they were kind of bad influences in a way. When I started to get old enough into like to get into more serious trouble, I don't know, like 13 or something, I remember uh, not being allowed to go to parties at Dee's house because they drank and the the mother more or less condoned it i don't really know the full story i guess but my parents were not into that i actually remember having a really teary fight with my parents about why won't you let me go da, 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 exclaiming to them how much of a responsible person i was while sobbing about not being able to drink at 13 um which sounds really dumb in retrospect but these guys were my people because I was on the outside and I was on the fringe in some way, shape or form. I wasn't sort of like super conformist or something. Yet, as we grew up, it stopped being like, we're the guys that really like comics and cartoons. And at some point, it's like, these are the guys that are drinking already, even though they're 12 and 13. And at some point, it's like, these are the guys that are doing drugs already, even though we're 15 and 16. And... I guess it's sort of funny to think in retrospect for kids that are sort of harmless in their way their groups organize, these people kind of turned out to be maybe not the people I want to be around now. Uh, in some way, I'm still the like fringe outsider or whatever. I'm not, I don't have the biggest circle of friends, but the people that, the, the kids that were my kids when I was growing up have all kind of turned nasty corners. I had another friend when I was a little bit older, more mid-teens. I should explain, sorry, that I left these people behind to some degree because I moved schools and so I kind of lost contact and I sort of found out through, uh, you know, keeping in touch over distance the, every once in a while what happened to them. And I, yeah, I had another friend called C who at some point I met during the mid-teens and she was of this style of person as well and I really liked that she was friendly and, out and sort of like easy to talk to and whatever and again like my people but then she was one of the first people I ever knew to be pregnant at a kind of younger age I think she's got two kids now uh, which is not so weird in my 20s but it was weird when uh, the first one came around I can't remember exactly how old we were I don't know what kind of person it makes me as an adult that all of the people that I hung out with in this sort of alternative culture when we were kids, which was wrestling games and robot toys and, and comic books, the, the weird kids all grew up to be drug addicts and teen mothers. And yet I'm neither of those things, thankfully, uh, or a teen parent anyway. Uh, but those were still my people when times were simpler and when times are more innocent they were my people and now i don't know what that makes me
That's it for this episode of The Forgetting Curve, but there's plenty more to come. If you want to keep up with the latest releases from The Forgetting Curve, then follow at Forgetting Curve on Twitter or find us on Facebook. Subscribe to our feed in iTunes or listen to our latest episode at forgettingcurvepodcast.tumblr.com. If you think you have a story to tell, then get in touch with us. We're always on the hunt for more captivating tales of childhood. Thank you for listening to The Forgetting Curve. Next time we're going to hear stories about holidays, but not fond memories of playing on the beach all day. And I just slept in the back seat. And I remember thinking, now you wouldn't do it. You would never leave your children. No. Sleeping in no. the car beside. It would have been about a six by eight tent, I think. I remember that it was white and it had a green roof. But I had to sleep in the Austin because I was the, the smallest person and I could curl up on the back seat. This podcast was produced by Ursa Minor Audio.